Chapter Twelve of Twenty Minutes Late by Pansy. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Twelve. So you want to go home? Yes, Mrs. Bryant had faced that possibility with a sinking heart the moment she read the news of Daisy's illness. Ben and the little sister, in their eagerness or ignorance, had not thought of it. Not so the mother she realized that caroline worn with watching and unusual responsibility would be a much more probable victim than caroline fresh from home and in good health and strength but that part we must leave she said to mr holden it is very clear to me that the dear child is doing right for it would go harder with the sick one if she were fretted by caroline's leaving her it might even increase the fever to such an extent as to endanger her life. I dare not recall my daughter, but it is very hard to leave her there. If I could only go myself and save her strength, and see that she takes care of herself. That is another thing you must leave, Mr. Holden said brightly. Is it not a blessed thing, Mrs. Bryant, that you and I have a sure resting place in our perplexities and burdens? do you have any burdens she asked the quiet-faced minister a curious look as of a pain which he must hide swept across his face for a moment even as he smiled every heart knoweth its own bitterness he said we have the lord's word for that i ran away from this disease with caroline when she was a baby mrs bryant said gravely after a moment of silence I was thinking last night how much better it might have been possibly now if I had not done so. Then Mr. Holden laughed outright. That is borrowing trouble, certainly, he said. I have known many people who borrow from the future, but I think it is rather new to try to borrow from the past. Dear friend, how can you be sure you would have any daughter Caroline on this side, if you had not tried to shield her to the best of your knowledge and conscience that is true she answered and her smile was free again i suppose no one borrows trouble on all sides more foolishly than a mother but indeed mr holden this new disappointment in regard to caroline has almost unnerved me i am used to having my children in the nest i was so sure that my daughter could not go away from home this winter I tried to plan for ways and means for her to make a visit, and when I decided that it could not be done, there was an undertone of gladness over the thought that the family circle would be unbroken. But the Brinkers were not destined to have so hard an experience this time. Daisy was sick enough, her mother said, but she didn't hold a candle to the other by which I suppose Mrs. Brinker meant to convey the impression that although Daisy certainly suffered some pain and much weariness, she was by no means so sick as her little brothers had been. Though why the good woman thought holding a candle had anything to do with it must be explained by those who have fallen into the habit of using slang phrases instead of good English. But if the illness was not so severe, Daisy was almost longer than the others in getting well, and was so weak and nervous that a mere hint in regard to Caroline's going away would serve to throw her into a crying fit, sure to be followed by more or less fever. 
so it was that the two weeks to which the poor girl had limited herself had more than passed away and still the day was not set for her home-going i really think daughter that you may conscientiously fix the date now her mother wrote the little girl you say is gaining every day it is surely time for her to begin to exercise self-control and remember that you have been long away from your own daisy tell her how patiently and uncomplainingly your little sister her namesake has given you up for her all these weeks and yet how eagerly she watches the mails in hope of hearing good news of your coming perhaps it will help daisy brinker to grow unselfish herself not that i would censure the poor little girl indeed i think she shows good sense in wanting my caroline by her side as long as possible mother knows just how much she misses you daughter but she can never put it into words this letter full of sweetness though it was made caroline feel as she expressed it to herself ready to fly she went downstairs resolved to ask the doctor that very day if he thought it would do any harm to set daisy brinker to crying in real earnest over her departure she and the doctor had become very good friends during all these weeks not that they said much to each other at least caroline had never realized that much had been said to her the doctor was always in as much haste as the condition of his patients would admit and confined his talking chiefly to very careful directions connected with them nevertheless he had observed the quiet womanly quick-motioned young stranger and knew more about her than she could have imagined possible also he had occasionally asked a question or two with a view of drawing her out and was really fairly well acquainted with the bryant family and their circumstances though the questions had been so far apart and apparently so disconnected that caroline had no suspicion of the truth so you want to go home he said wheeling around from the last step to look at her it was on the white doorsteps that she had to carry on most of her conversations with the doctor why should you be in haste to go there i should think now that there is a possibility of your being out of prison you would want to stay and see a little of our great city it is unusual for people to spend six weeks in philadelphia and not go a block away from the house where they are staying caroline laughed pleasantly i suppose so she said but the truth is i want to see mother and ben and daisy more than all the cities in the world put together then you really are very homesick he asked eyeing her so keenly that she blushed and was troubled and hardly knew why i want to go home very much indeed if that is what you mean she said i was never away from mother before and you know i did not intend to be this time do you think it will hurt daisy if i begin to plan to go i was not thinking of daisy was the curious answer and the great man still stood looking thoughtfully at her i was well perhaps i will not speak of it now i have hardly time he drew his watch as he spoke and seemed startled over the lateness of the hour i'll tell you what we'll do he said after a moment's silence i am in haste now and so are you i hear daisy calling you 
she considers you essential to her comfort you see but i want to have a little talk with you more at leisure if you will come around to my house this afternoon say at three o'clock i shall be at leisure perhaps for a few minutes and i will be able to tell you then what i think about this home-going it is true i may not be able to see you i may not be at home a doctor has no time of his own you know but if you care to try it i will be there if i can much wondering and not a little disappointed caroline promised and went back to daisy with a grave face i almost believe he thinks i ought not to go for another week she said to herself but i do not see why daisy is growing real strong now and he said he was not thinking of her anyway it can't be that he thinks i will have the fever even yet the time is surely past oh dear i suppose i can wait another week even if i must but it does seem to me sometimes as though i can't it was quite an event in her day this getting ready to go to the doctor's at three o'clock as the hour drew near she dressed herself with great care and thought how strange it was that she should be planning to go out on a city street and call on one of the great doctors what could he possibly want to say to her if ben were only here to go with her how nice it would be she had much trouble getting off poor daisy who had had her own way exactly for a fortnight save where the doctor was concerned made herself and everybody about her as uncomfortable as possible over the dreary fact that her dear caroline was going out walking and she must be left at home she cried and refused to be comforted and her mother who at first coaxed and petted and promised to amuse her every minute until caroline should return finally lost all patience and called daisy a selfish little girl who had forgotten there was anybody in the world but daisy brinker and said in plain words that she was ashamed of her this return to plain speaking seemed to do the little girl good caroline had the satisfaction of noting that the low fretful wail had quite ceased before she closed the front door as she rang the bell at the doctor's door and stood waiting to be admitted she naturally thought of that sunday evening now seeming so far in the past when she had stood here ringing and waiting how many strange and utterly unexpected and really dreadful things had happened since then suppose somebody had told her that night that six weeks afterwards she would be ringing that same bell and would not in all those weeks have had a glimpse of mother and ben and daisy she would have looked at the person with horror and assured him that such a thing could not possibly be that she was going home to-morrow yet here she was still it was not all unpleasant there was in caroline's heart a satisfied feeling that she had been a very useful person during these trying weeks and now that they were over she could afford to be glad i am sure i do not know what poor mrs brinker would have done without me she said to herself and it was no more than that good woman echoed in her hearing many times a day oh they were grateful and would never forget it of her never conductor brinker was anxious to convince her of that fact besides said caroline with a gratified smile creeping over her face 
i know a great doctor now know him pretty well think of my standing out on the steps asking him questions the smile became broader as she remembered with what fear and trembling she had stood there on that first evening how she had dreaded to speak at all and had tried to plan just what words she would use now although she had an immense respect for the doctor the feeling of almost terror had passed she was able to answer his questions without stammering and generally to look into his face when she spoke without blushing visions of long talks with fanny kedwin and rufus in which she would describe this doctor and his house and his carriage and the numbers of people who were always in waiting in the reception room came to her pleasantly fanny kedwin had been rather fond of talking about her uncle dr freeman who drove two horses and was sometimes called to the city ten miles away in consultation caroline did not know how many horses dr forsyth kept but she knew he was consulted during every minute of his office hours and she had heard people wonder when dr forsyth ate or slept he is one of the biggest doctors in the city conductor brinker explained and he won't go into the more fashionable part of the city to live either because this is a handy place for people to get at him and because some who are poor would not dare to send for him if he lived far away he is very good to poor people charges them less than the second-rate doctors and shows them more attention that he had shown the sick children at conductor brinker's the most patient attention caroline could witness and every word she heard about him but added to her sense of his greatness yet here she was coming by his own direction to have a few minutes talk with him she was in the reception room by this time which to her astonishment was empty the young man smiled in answer to her look of surprise and said the doctor's office hours are over but he told me to admit you and ask you to wait you are caroline bryant i think caroline as she sank into a sofa asked herself if it could be that she really was caroline bryant and what fanny kedwin and rufus would say when she described this room to them and then her heart began to beat so hard at the thought of seeing them perhaps in two more days that it almost took her breath away the doctor has been called out the young man had explained but he hopes not to be long gone and you are to wait if you can then he had left her to the silence and elegance of the room it was in reality a large plainly furnished room fitted up with conveniences for waiting people but to caroline it looked very grand indeed very softly the door opened so softly that the young girl who had drawn aside the heavy curtains and was looking out upon the busy street did not hear it a small slight figure with a shower of short curls about her face the color of the sunlight came on slippered feet into the room and pausing midway gazed with a curious mixture of shyness and thoughtfulness upon the stranger even on this winter day she was dressed in white a soft white wool belted by a broad band of white ribbon her face too was white not a touch of color about her anywhere to caroline's startled eyes when at last something made her turn her head the child looked something as an angel might 
are you caroline said the little white spirit speaking in a slow low voice i am dorothy forsythe and papa said i was to entertain you until he came whereupon caroline smiled reassuringly and held out her hand yes she said i am caroline and i like to be entertained how are you going to do it i don't know i might show you pictures do you like pictures or we might talk i like to talk myself very well said caroline by all means let us talk what do you like to talk about all sorts of things i suppose i like to talk better than other people because i cannot run and play like other children i have to walk carefully and but a little way at a time and i cannot ever run i am not like other children the voice in which these sad words were said was very quiet and self-controlled it was as if she was merely stating a fact in which she had no personal interest of any sort but caroline was startled and shocked oh poor little girl she said what is the matter it is something about my heart said dorothy in the same quiet matter-of-fact tone it has always been so papa has tried and tried to cure me but he cannot and by and by i cannot walk any more at all he thinks and i must never run he says until i get to heaven i shall be quite well there you know yes said caroline low-voiced and shading her eyes that the child might not see the tears which were gathering in them the little thing could not be older than her daisy and as she thought of daisy's tripping feet this story seemed too sad do not cry said dorothy gravely i never do any more not about this i made up my mind not to because it makes mamma feel worse and mamma is sick and has to be taken care of papa depends upon me not to let her feel worse about anything so i do not cry any more it does no good you know if it would make me run and hop i suppose i could cry for a whole week but it only hinders so what is the use that is true said caroline as she choked back her tears and smiled what a curious little fairy philosopher this was i think you may talk to me if you will said dorothy beginning again before her guest could say more i like to be talked to and i don't have it very often papa has not time and mamma is sick and nurse well nurse is good but she does not know how to talk about some things for instance she does not know what they do at school nurse never went to school when she was little and she cannot think what they find to do all day little girls as young as i you know and she and i have wondered and wondered until she is tired of it but i am not i want to know all about it could you tell me some things the wistfulness in the tones was almost too much for caroline's tears she had never heard anything which seemed to her so pitiful but she held them back with resolute will and began to describe in detail a day in school as she had often lived it dorothy sinking on a low cushioned seat in front of her and listening like one fascinated 
they were interrupted by the sound of a key in the lock and a quick step in the hall that is papa said dorothy rising at once i must go now he cannot be hindered when there are people in this room waiting for him i shall tell him you entertained me beautifully and i hope oh i do hope you can finish the story for me some time she clasped her hands with a sort of suppressed eagerness as she spoke and then slowly softly moved away reaching the door just as dr forsyth opened it he stooped and kissed her without speaking then advanced toward caroline well he said i had to keep you waiting after all but you have made acquaintance with my dorothy i see now i must talk fast he looked at his watch as he spoke i had hoped to have more time and make my suggestions a little less abruptly but there are those waiting for me who need my help and i must just plunge into the subject at once this little girl whom i feel sure you have enjoyed is our only one and is the frailest flower that blooms i am afraid it is only by utmost care that we have kept her here at all we cannot hope to keep her for many years you do not need to be told that she is very peculiarly dear to us and that we long to gratify all her desires one of them is to go to school to a regular school such as other children attend she has been brave and unselfish in this desire but no home governess or home study has been able to meet her evident longing wish in this matter we would like to gratify her and have been afraid to her mother is an invalid and her whole frail life seems bound up in this little girl she does not like to trust her out of her sight and yet is too ill to have her with her very much there is a school a semi-kindergarten for children who have outgrown the kindergarten age I should like to send her to it there are some reasons why i believe it would be good for her to mingle with other children and see how they live and what they have to do and be but we dare not trust her with a servant the school is a mile away from my house i could take her to and from it in my carriage if i could command my time but i cannot she could go in a street car if there were some one always with her whom we trusted someone to see that she did not walk too fast or step too suddenly or sit in a draught or be wrapped too warmly or not warmly enough in short someone who would think of her and care for her as an older sister who loved her might do she would also need a loving oversight while at school such as that same elder sister could give the trouble is she has no sister the sentence closed with a smile so grave and wistful that caroline who had been looking earnestly at him felt a strong desire to cry but his next words checked the tears and made her heart beat fast you would like to know why i am telling you all this it is because i have thought that you might find it in your heart to take the place of that sister which my little girl so greatly needs the kindergarten department of which i told you is connected with an excellent school for girls of your age and if you would stay here this winter and undertake the care of our darling we would send you to this school clothe you properly and give you in every respect the comforts and advantages of a home and pay you a dollar a week for your spending money now what do you say 
will it be of any use for me to write to your mother or must you go home end of chapter twelve